0: Hey, great to see you today. And I I wanted to mention something that they didn't even have on the video announcements, but Andrew Walmack is going to be with us next weekend, morning, evening. Uh, In the last 35 years, he's probably been here 20 times, but it's been 10 years since he's been here. He's just gotten so hard to get. And so we're really, really looking forward to that. Uh, Please don't forget, Tuesday, what are you going to do? Vote. Yes. All right. And then uh, I read a book on the last month uh, by a very well-known pastor here in America, and he made a statement he's, in this book. He said, uh, "When a pastor's been at a church for five years, he's preached everything he knows at least twice." And uh, I'm going to preach a sermon tonight that I've never preached on this subject in 35 years." And Jeannie said, "You need to mention that you're going to do that tonight, and so I am an obedient husband. And uh, here we go. All right. So uh, are, are you starting? Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll
1: start. I just wanted to uh, share. You all know that you go into marriage with certain expectations. Um, I know, you know, I, I had high expectations. I knew what I wanted him to be like, think like, how to treat me, how to, I want to pray together and read the Bible together and all the things. You know, you just have all these expectations. And um, I kind of learned early on that, what I interpreted as some of his expectations. And I thought, you know, it's kind of hard to be a wife and a woman to meet these expectations because he uh, I interpreted that the man thinks the woman must think like a man, and she must act like a lady, and she must look like a young girl, and work like a horse. (laughs) That's a little tricky. Uh And then I I read uh, what another lady jokingly wrote that if she had a choice, she might like to be a bear. And here's why. She said, if you're a bear, you get to hibernate. You do nothing but sleep for six months. I could deal with that. And before you hibernate, you're supposed to eat yourself stupid. I could deal with that, too. (laughs) If you're a bear, you birth your children, who are the size of walnuts, while you're sleeping. And you wake up to partially grown, cute, cuddly cubs. I could definitely deal with that. Mm -hmm. If you're a mama bear, everybody knows you mean business. You swat anyone who bothers your cubs, and if your cubs get out of line, you swat them too. (laughs) I could deal with that. If you're a bear, your mate expects you to wake up growling. He expects you to have hairy legs and excess body fat. Yep, I could deal with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Think you're going to be a bear. All right. Uh, so often, in fact, I was talking with somebody in the foyer in between services, and they were talking about uh, being in the car with a young man who was about to get married, and and he just said, everything's just going to be perfect when I get married. And uh, the the married men in the car uh, begin to talk to him. (laughs) But uh, 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 imagine that you go to hear one of the top 10 violinists in the world, and after the, the concert, and you've just been awed, you go up to him. What you would not say would be something like, oh, you're just so gifted. I, I, I wish that I had a violin just like yours that fit me perfect. And, and I just wish I had the gift that you have to play the violin. If you were to say that, this is how that person would respond. They would say, do you know that for the last 30 years, every day, I had played the violin between eight and 10 hours. And this did not just happen. I had to work at it, right? You know, that's what marriage is like. Good marriages do not just happen. In fact, 1 Corinthians 7, 28 says, but those who marry (laughs) will have trouble. (laughs) In fact, one translation says many troubles in this life. You don't need to pray about that verse. You don't need to claim it. It is just going to happen because two people are going to become one. Uh, I remember when we first got married. Um, we were in Bible college. And the semester before, uh, my, my, you know, I went to class from 8 to noon. Uh, I, I prayed four hours in the afternoon Uh, I read 20 chapters in my Bible every day. It was just kind of my discipline. didn't have to. It was just what I wanted to do. And then I got married. And I thought I was spiritual. And then I thought I backslid. I'm I'm literally like, God, what happened to me? You know, I thought I was spiritual. And uh, basically what the Lord told me was, no, you were a mess all the time. You just didn't know it. Because you were just living for yourself, doing what you want, when you want, how you want with whomever you want. And now you're married and you need to lay down your life for your spouse and you are very selfish. But I didn't know until I got married. And then I found out what was really going on on the inside.
1: It's funny how giving we can be when courting and dating and, and with people that we're not with 24-7. You can be so patient and, and kind and appreciative and, and just the whole idea of, wow, I want him to see my best side. I want him to like me and, and he's wanting to impress you. And, and so you do all those things to impress and to please and, and to like. And, and with the expectation, that then we get married, and then he's gonna make me happy, and he's gonna fulfill me, and he's gonna answer all my n- needs, and and um, yeah, we're gonna be like that Cinderella story where we jump on the horse, you know, and they have that little picture with the heart in the back of the book, and they're dry- riding off into the sunset, and um, that's you and I, honey forever. And then we get to the other side, the page that's not there.
0: <laughs> and,
1: and uh, you know, he doesn't say please. <laughs> and and he, he's, he's expecting certain things that just like, well, my goodness, um, I have a life too. You know, you just got all those things trying to get it together. Yeah. And it's so, challenging. So
0: Genesis 2.21, what kind of, kind of try to, try how to help Let's get a, a picture of this. In Genesis 2.21, it says God causes Adam to sleep. And the King James Bible says he takes out one of his ribs. And by the way, that Hebrew word, ribs, is used multiple times, but it's only translated ribs once, one of his ribs once. Uh, it's normally translated sides. He took out one of his sides. In other words, he took something out of the man. And with that, he made the woman. So the woman has things the man does not have and sees things the man does not see and has gifts and talents the man does not have. Uh, um, earlier this year, was actually kind of last year, we were, we were, we were looking around for uh, uh, a family vacation property, and, and uh, Jeannie found this farm, a little south of Cadillac. 120 uh, year old farmhouse. Did you hear that? 120 year old farmhouse. And uh, we're looking at it, and she said, "Oh, we can do this and this and this." And and I'm like, "I, I do not see that." <laughs> all right. But, but you know, if, if you if you really want the place, you know, get it. So uh, she gets she she buys the farm, and and then it's all this remodeling stuff. And they ask my opinion about everything. you understand everything? They did not take my opinion once. (laughs) But I want to show you, like, like how did it turn? It's not done yet, but it's how it's turning out. There's the the kitchen. But everything, I I mean, I just walk in there and I'm like, wow. But they didn't listen to me once. That's why it's so wow. Because... I just couldn't see it, and I couldn't see it even when she said, should we do this, should we do that?
1: Okay, I need to correct him. Not that he needs corrected, but he (laughs) needs to be. Right, okay, you need to show the other picture because he picked out red stools. (laughs) And I thought, shiny red stools for the kitchen? No, that won't work. They're awesome. They're cute. Mm -hmm. They're perfect. They add a sparkle and bright. And if you see that funny color, that's where the wall was. And so the kitchen floor underneath the linoleum, it's all kind of has black water stains, which is character. Anything that's, that's, that's um, not fixable is character. That's, that's what you say truth. in an old house. Okay. And so as we get older and this house gets older, we just get more character.
0: So there's going to be, be issues. So the Bible says this in Ephesians 4 in verse 15. Now, but before I, I, I give you this verse, Jimmy Evans, who's considered one of the the leading marriage experts in America, said it's really interesting how little the Bible says about marriage because it's a part of many, most people's lives. It's amazing how little it says. He said, but here's the deal. He said, if you just live the Christian life the way the Bible says to live the Christian life, he said, you'll be a good spouse. And by the way, everybody's looking for the right one. The deal is not looking for the right one. It's being the right one. Be the right one. And and beyond that, I'm going to just make a statement here. There is not a right one. There is not a right one. Now now imagine this. If there is just one person, which one, and somebody messed up and married the wrong one, then somebody else is going to have to marry the wrong one, and somebody else is going to have to marry the wrong one. I mean, one person could mess the whole thing up. But there is... A right type of one. There's a right type. So that's why it says in the New Testament, she may marry whomsoever she wills, but only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. It doesn't say you've got to have this particular one, but there is a right type. So Ephesians 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head, Christ. So it says, speaking the truth, but in love. How many know the truth can be brutal? If it's not presented right, it can be brutal. Honesty without love, commitment, and forgiveness can wreck a tenuous connection. So there's got to be the love, there's got to be the commitment, and there has to be the forgiveness. When the Pharisees talk to Jesus about marriage, and they're particularly bringing up the subject of divorce... Jesus said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But it was not so from the beginning. He's saying it was not God's plan, but it was permitted because of the hardness of your heart. So according to Jesus, who's right all the time, when there's a divorce, there's at least one hard heart. Now, somebody said, well, how do you know if you've got a hard heart? Well, I think the best way is to look at what a soft heart, a tender heart is, which in Ephesians 4 says, to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Uh, Jeannie and I, I, I think we have a great marriage. We've been married 43 years. But I'm just going to say, listen, listen. It is impossible to live with somebody 24-7, 365, and not have them say or do something stupid. <laughs> it, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if you forgive, you'll fall in love with the same person a thousand times. But if you won't forgive, you've got a hard heart, you either end up with a cold or mediocre relationship or you end up downtown in a divorce court. You've got to forgive. Jesus, Jesus said, hardness of heart is what brings about the divorces. But to be tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God in Christ forgave you. How many of you are glad that when God forgave you, he doesn't bring it up every time you pray? You know? I, I, I heard about a pastor who was doing some marriage counseling and uh, the man said, well, every time that we have an argument, she gets historical. And the pastor said, you mean hysterical? He said, no, she gets historical. She brings up everything I've done wrong since the honeymoon. <laughs> but when, when, when we forgive the way God forgives, we forgive and we forget. We don't bring it up again. We don't bring it up again. It's in the past. It's gone. So, One of the sides. You want to talk about one of those sides?
1: Being being a a side. Um, When when I was trying to be a better wife, and and I thought, well, I'll go to the beginning, go to how God created woman in the beginning, and what do I need to learn here? And go into Genesis 2, and I I read how the man, God took the man, and um, he pulled out. He said it wasn't good for him to be alone. I will make a help meet for him. And I thought, you know what? I just generally assume I know what that means. Help meat doesn't say a lot. I know what hamburger meat is, but what's a help meat? (laughs) Um, And so I started looking up the words in my concordance and the dictionary, and I found that the word there, the um, what he's talking about is the help meant to aid and surround and protect and help, Um, and it came from. It's the same word that's used to describe God. So it's a real important calling um, to be that type of, uh, have that type of ministry or place or calling in my husband's life. But then the other part of it, meet, meant this, to put opposite the other side, site, or counterpart. And uh, just to stop, the counterpart means a duplicate that completes, that corresponds to the other part, closely resembling it, so as to fit perfectly and adapt and supplement but anyway keep going on the the meat part and it meant um, it came from the word to mean to stand boldly out opposite to announce always by word of mouth to one present to expose predict explain expound fully messenger plainly profess tell utter speak rehearse report show forth I was just in awe because I had that all in me (laughs) Uh, it's like that desire to communicate and, and to express, and, um, and, you know, when you first get married, and I said we had different expectations, and, and I, I could, and I think every woman knows, you know, there's this desire to nourish, to um, give my opinion, and, and to know that this just wasn't a flaw of mine, but that God created me, a woman, with the desire to do this, to announce always by word of mouth to one present, which is Him, uh, to expose things, to plainly profess, and tell, and utter, and speak, and and report, and use my words. And then to also, you don't pull out one part of the Bible without all the rest of it, and discover that, like in Proverbs, it says the wise woman or man uses their words with restraint, and how um, the Holy Spirit is really the—is that—that I, I made in the image of God, and the Holy Spirit is the part of—that expresses and teaches and um, comforts and, you know, a lot of the reflection—the woman is a lot of that reflection of that, and how important it is for me to have God's help and have the Holy Spirit to actually communicate well. You women know that you can have much to say that's even good, but you say it with the wrong attitude, in the wrong spirit, with the wrong words at the wrong time, and you can totally not be received. It will not be accepted. It might even cause lots of damage. And um, we don't want that, but we need God's help. We need wisdom. We need Psalm 141, verse 3. I use that scripture a lot. I pray, oh, Lord, set a guard over my lips. (laughs) keep watch over the door of my mouth and don't let my heart be inclined toward any evil thing go ahead and um well i was just going to go on to say that in trying to communicate i would get frustrated because anything i would say that he didn't really want to hear he would perceive it as nagging and i thought no i'm not nagging i just I feel a need for you to see my side of it. How many women feel that? Mm-hmm. That you just need them to to hear your side of it. And why do we why do we have that in us? It's not a curse. It's not something wrong with us. It's God says the guy needs to hear your side of it.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: was God's idea. Tell your husband. Turn to him and say, "This was God's idea." <laughs> and and um and God said it was good, so it's okay. Um and. The definition, really, I read once of nagging is someone who's trying to control the activities of another person who doesn't want to be controlled. And in the marriage relationship, I am not trying to control him. And the wife is not, she's to surround and protect and be an encourager and build him up. But she has this gift of communicating that, that God gives us that um, is to build him up. And when I finally, we just sat down and I said, Dwayne. I just need you to listen to what I say and not jump to the conclusion that I'm bossing you or that I'm trying to manipulate you or nag you. I just need you to listen. And once I know that you have heard my perspective, then I feel such freedom and such a release and so comfortable going along with whatever you decide. Isn't it, it's, it's easier to, to follow in and when I know that the decision he made took what I, my perspective in into uh, account, or whatever, into account. Do you understand what I'm saying? Did I say nope. that clearly, you said honey? That, clearly. that That's a way we can do it together. I don't want to boss him. And like he said on this house, he said, you know, I'd come and I'd ask his opinion. He said, why would you ask my opinion? Because I'm, trying to decide what's best. And when you give an idea and I see it doesn't work, then I know the other one is better.
0: <laughs> and
1: I, I said, you just help me make decisions. And, uh, you know, the teamwork we needed. But it is, when you learn to appreciate, say, okay, I appreciate my wife. She's given me her perspective. And and to just listen to it. And then why, I don't have to insist on my own yeah. way. But
0: So you, you men caught that. It says that the, the your, she's going to... St- Stand out opposite. And she's going to announce always by word of mouth to one present. To expose, to predict, to explain, to expound fully, be a messenger, to profess, to tell, utter, speak, rehearse, report. Oh. <laughs> so so here's, here's the bottom line. I'm Listen, single men, listen to me. If you think she's cute, but you don't think she's smart, don't marry her. Because she's going to tell you what she thinks every day for the rest of your life. Because that's what God put, that's what God put in the wife. That, God, that is there. So, so here's the thing with this guy. To, to a man, Ronald Reagan said uh, the most scariest words in the English language is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Uh, in marriage, I believe the most scary words any man ever hears, is a woman say, we need to talk. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like, okay, where, where am I missing it? What am I doing wrong? What's not right? right? And, and for men, listen, listen, for me, men, we have got to not be defensive. We've got to not be defensive. You're a team. Right?
1: I, I sometimes can picture, my mom did this when we were little, how she'd draw pictures so we could see that, Um, some of the thoughts and ideas we get, like there's the ones that come from God, the Holy Spirit, His Word that that give us um, good thoughts. And then she'd draw this little devil with a pitchfork on the other shoulder and, and say, but there's somebody else who's wanting to put input too and to have that discernment. And we need to recognize that the enemy wants to stand there and put input in you of, ooh, she's trying to boss you, or ooh, he's... He's um, not appreciating, you know, and just, he wants to impress you with the wrong interpretations of each mm-hmm. other so you can have all kinds of misunderstandings and, and um, oh my goodness, Dwayne and I, we've, we've just had so many times where we misunderstood mm-hmm. each other and you have to be careful and straighten things out. In fact, I wrote down some of the misunderstandings. This is funny. Oh. Um. So
0: She didn't do this last service. I have no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, this is not scripted. So,
1: so I, I, said, I said to him one time, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to go ask Kenda about it, I think. And he said, you're going to go ask Ahab about a drink? <laughs> and You know, but if you don't clarify some things, you can say, um, you know, the wrong things, the slip of the tongue that... Now, actually, you have a recorder on your phones... When you slip up with something when you're speaking into your phones and you tell Siri to say one thing and she makes a text and says something totally different. Can I tell them? This is a this is a,
0: so, so that, so that, this is a
1: pastor joke. So I'm
0: yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm I'm texting my pastor friend. And I meant to say I, I did say. I said, this is Pastor Duane, and da 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 and it said this is Bastard Duane. Da, da. <laughs> Sorry sure he messes up, but we mess up plenty ourselves.
1: <laughs> I told him the other day I needed to go buy some vitamin C. And he says, you need to go buy some new teeth? <laughs> you know, but th- th- these are funny things. But there's a lot of things that, that your husband will communicate and he will say it with the wrong words and the wrong attitude. And you can choose. To listen to the devil on this shoulder, listen to the little demon say, you should get offended. And what he said was not appreciative. He was disrespected. He was using it. He would blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. And, uh, or you can choose to, well, I'm not sure he meant what he said or if he meant what he said that wasn't nice, but he's just having a bad day and I just forgive him and I'm going to go on. And, you know, he was talking about forgiveness and that's one of the ways you apply it is when, you know what? The other one, said or did something not quite right and we just we get over it don't take it to heart when you take those things to heart it's really like taking a cactus and deciding to hug it (laughs) and 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 yeah it's not very comfortable and you can hold it as lightly as you want but the minute (laughs) he comes a little close to you then it hurts And then you start building this wall of trying to keep him further away and further away. And then he says something else and it adds a few more prickers. And then pretty soon that cactus gets so big and it's like, I don't even think I love him anymore. You know, and you begin to get issues and issues and issues and it it can come back to just letting some of the misunderstandings go and, and forgiving each other.
0: So not being defensive, they love you. You're a team. When, when one of you wins, both of you win. And in marriage, we need to grow. And the person, uh, somebody said, I thought God had us get married in order to make us happy. I think God has us get married so we can grow. Marriage is designed to mature us, to mature us. Uh, so, so when, that, when the, your spouse comes, don't get defensive. Uh, researcher, John Gottman, they say he can watch couples, if he has, watch couples communicate for 15 minutes and has with a 90% success rate predicted their, di- their divorce or their, their being able to make it together. But he says there's four areas, he said, that they look for. And one is defensiveness. The other is contempt, criticism, and stonewalling. And, and I just want to say something about criticism because this is what really opens a person's heart up so that they can receive from you. Uh, Harvard University did a study, and they said for every critical thing that we bring to our spouse, to just stay even, they have to have five compliments. Five compliments for every criticism. And uh, you probably do a lot better with ten compliments <laughs> to one criticism so that the person does not get defensive because they can feel like instead of you're, you're for them, you're attacking them, and that's the thing that you don't want. You know, one husband said to her, excuse me, one wife said to her husband, are you a man or a mouse? Now squeak up. (laughs) Now
1: you made me forget my line. We're squeaking (laughs) over here. Uh, What did you just say before you were squeaking?
0: I don't don't know.
1: Yeah, this was important. I was going to say something. Let me see your page.
0: That's on page two.
1: Okay. What did he say? If, criticism.
0: Criticism. Oh, the criticism
1: and and yeah thank you All right, <laughs> thank you Jake um when he said the stonewalling and the criticism and and those things when um, I I'm, I don't get mad like I like to laugh and have fun it's so much you know if somebody says so I'd rather turn it around and turn it into a joke you know so I'm not one that anger is really not a, an issue and unless you say something against my husband, and then I will really get mad at you. <laughs> um, but but so that means a lot of times when he does something irritating, you know, I just kind of put it on the back shelf like that's that, and, and I'll just kind of keep adding it up. So I guess I get angry inside, but I don't deal with it right away and I don't. Anyway, it can pile up and it can pile up and it can pile up and the things just kind of add up in there that I think, well, someday I'll talk to him about that and someday I'll talk to him about that and someday, you know, I'll point that out and someday he might want to hear that, you know, and and um, and it can kind of get big and one day I remember we were driving um, one of our long trips and I was reading the book to him that we were reading, and I finally put it down and said, can I talk to you for a while? You know, the words that makes him nervous, let's talk. <laughs> and, um, and he didn't have any place to go to get away from me.
0: We were in the car. He
1: could not go anywhere. And, and uh, so I started, and I just, I don't know what happened. It was like one thing led to another thing, and it just came out like a fire hose. Yeah. I just, instead of presenting one thing that now what do you think about that and how can you know what can we do and how can we fix that and change that or whatever i just dumped the whole dump truck load i was going and, and i just went and went and when i got done i felt so good i felt i felt oh and he didn't he just listened and and he didn't say much i probably didn't give him much chance and um I, I just felt good, and i I think he replied a little bit, and I felt loved, I felt listened to and and I felt like everything was going to be all right, no matter what the um, upsetting things were, and it was going to be okay, and we get to the place um, that we were gone and, and we jump in bed, and we're going to go to sleep, and I just, I felt so clean inside, and so good, and having communicated so much, and he listened, I felt cuddly, and I just wanted to cuddle up to him, and I felt loved, and he just looked at me with these stony, cold eyes, (laughs) and like you just chopped me to liver, and please roll over. And I mean, I just, the ice that I met, and, and then, you know, of course, I was really crushed and hurt again. But, <laughs> but I laid there, and I started thinking about what I had done, and how very often besides, you know, that desire to communicate and have your husband listen. And if you have busy schedules, and he's not there for you when you have the right words to say, and you have to save it, or he's busy, or you're busy, and trying it to, get, you can stack things up and hold them, and then think you can do this big dump thing. And, um, and it wasn't fair, and it wasn't nice, and I had to repent and say I was sorry. And, um, but the, that Knowing that inside me, explaining to him that I need to be heard, that sometime I need, uh, I need you just listen, and how it made me feel, and then him to let me know that I've only got to do that one at a time. Just separate things, just shrink your little dump truck into one of those little matchbox cars that can only hold one thing at a time, and then let's, let's just do it, just talk about one thing. and. And pretend nothing else exists Mm -hmm. and and, uh, do it the the godly way. So when he talks about speaking the truth in love, love thinks about the other person and what would be best for them and how they can handle it. And love doesn't just think of, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to just dump on him. And see, I don't think it's just a pastor's wife thing, but pastor's wives do this all the time Mm -hmm. because they've got the man of God. <laughs> with them, and they can real easily, and I think a lot of you women do this too. Kind of look to their husband like, like God or Jesus. Like we, we want him, our husband, to be our savior. You know that we can just God invites us to come to Him and cast our cares all on Him. So that's what I was doing. I was <laughs> casting all my cares, all my cares on Him all at once. And see, God can take it. You can dump on him as much as you want. He can handle it. And he'll take it and he'll sort it out and he'll, he'll answer what part needs to be done that day and he'll put other stuff on the show. He is awesome at doing that. And we just want our husbands to be so like the image they were made in, like God, that, that oftentimes it's not fair, it's not right, but we do that to Him, where we just dump on Him and then expect them to be holy and like God rather than um, be the human being that they are.
0: God did not create marriage to meet every one of our needs. We still need God. We need God. And uh, when we don't look to God, we tend to look to the person that's the closest to us to fulfill all of those needs. And a person will always disappoint us. But God will never disappoint us. Never. All right. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? If you're here today, and you would say, honestly, I know in my heart that I'm not where I should be with God. I'm not right. Uh, I'm away from the Lord. Maybe you've never lived for the Lord. Maybe you lived for him at one point, but you've drifted away. But you know in your heart, you need to get right with God. Do you know God offers you forgiveness, but you need to receive that forgiveness? And he wants to give you that forgiveness. And that forgiveness comes when we receive it by surrendering our life to Jesus. And if you're here today and you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus and I want to receive the forgiveness that God has for me, I'm going to lift, I'm, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, would you please lift your hand? If you're here and you're that person who says, I need that forgiveness. I want to be right with God. You know, you may think, that you've you've committed sins that are too shocking but there's no sin too shocking no sex too perverted there's no relationship so appalling that the blood of Jesus will not reach down cleanse you lift you up and make you right with God make you a part of his family so when i say three i want you to lift your hand now as you lift your hand the first thing that you're saying to God is you're saying God i know I'm a sinner, I need a savior, and I'm coming to Jesus to be saved and to be forgiven. That's one. As you lift your hand, you're saying to God, God, I'm coming today and I'm gonna surrender my life to Jesus. I'm gonna hold nothing back. Two, now get ready. As you lift that hand, you're saying today, I'm gonna receive Jesus. I'm gonna surrender my life to him. He's gonna come into my heart, forgive me. He's gonna make me a new person on the inside of your family today and forever three just lift that hand up See, I'm not right I want to get right thank you I see that hand I see that hand are there others thank you God bless you up in the balcony someone include me thank you God bless you someone else thank you God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you way in the back thank you God bless you someone else all right would everybody please stand now if you lifted your hand, I want you to look right at me. Dwayne. Especially those of you that are in the balcony.
1: I just, um, when he was asking, saying the invitation and calling for you who need to get saved, I had a, a memory, Kim, of a service that we had that he asked the invitation, and a young man raised his hand and um, accepted Christ and got right with God, and that afternoon was swimming in the lake in Jenison, and... He drowned and died and went to heaven. And I'm not saying anybody's going to die, but I just felt like God impressed on me to re-give another invitation. If you didn't raise your hand and you were thinking, you know what? Someday, someday, I'm going to put this off, but someday I'm going to get right with God. Right now, I want to clean myself up a bit. God wants to clean you up. He has the best sin remover, the only sin remover that there is. And He will clean you up. He will bring you peace and joy. And I just... If, if you didn't already raise your hand when he said that and you needed to do this, you join in the prayer that he's going to lead us in and accept the Lord now as your Lord and Savior and don't wait another day. So,
0: now, thank you, honey. Now, if you lifted your hand in the balcony, down on the main floor, once you, and you're looking right at me, here's what I'd like you to do. Would you please st- move to the aisle that's nearest you, bring whoever you came with, whatever you came with, And make your way right down here. I'm going to meet you right here, but here's what's going to happen. We're going to pray, and God is going to meet you right here. And when we say amen in a moment, your past is going to be gone. You're going to be right with God. You're going to be on your way to heaven. The blood is going to make you new. There's going to be forgiveness. God's going to come on your heart in the balcony. If you'll move down here, we're going to wait for you. If you lifted your hand, there were probably eight or ten people up in that balcony. Come on down. We're going to wait. We're going to pray. But God is going to meet you right here today. Would you give him a hand? Come on down. Jesus said, confess me before men. I will confess you before my father who is in heaven. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. You know, 43, 4, 5, 45 years ago, Yep, I was right where you are right now. We prayed a very, very simple prayer, right? Surrender to Jesus in right? my life change. That prayer, I prayed 45 years ago, still working, all right? And you pray this prayer from your heart, and 45 years from today, if Jesus tarries, you're still going to be right with God. This prayer is going to still be working. Now, Romans 10, verse 13 says, whosoever, that means you, will call on the name of the Lord. Now that's what we're going to do. We're going to call on his name, right? The way the Bible shows us to. And this is the rest of the verse. I want you to listen. We'll be saved. Right? So God's promise to you is this. You pray this from your heart. And when we say amen, you'll be saved. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to be right with God. right Now, God's literally going to make you new on the inside. You're going to have some desires that you didn't have before to do things. You're going to have literally some of the stuff that you've wanted to do. It's going to go. The, the desires even going to change. He's going to make you new. Make you new in the inside, in your heart. All the way from the balcony. Come on down. Awesome. 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 Would everybody please just take one hand, put it over your heart, and lift your other hand towards heaven. That's where help comes from. I want you to repeat this out loud. Make these words your own. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose again. And I believe he's coming again. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I give him, all of my heart give him all of my heart, and all of my life. All my life. I hold nothing back. I, hold nothing back. I, receive your forgiveness. I receive Your forgiveness, and I thank You. My past is gone. Thank You that my past is gone. That I'm a part of Your family. I'm a part of your family. That You make me new on the, on the inside. I thank You. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.